Hello, Soulful fam, ladies and gentlemen, them, they, and all. Welcome back to another episode of Soulflow Podcast. How is everyone feeling? Yay, amazing. Excellent. Mm. Fantastic. Amazing. Today we have Miss Kelly Brooks on the hot seat. <laughs> How are you feeling, Kelly? I'm on fire. Uh, I'm feeling great. Thank you. I um I've been looking forward to this. I've had the pleasure of listening to all of you beautiful ladies share your stories so far. And I'm excited that I, I get my chance. And uh I'm even more excited, believe it or not, that we're doing this on the super full moon in Aries. Um, I, I am very much vibing with this moon and I am I am ready to answer all your questions. It is the full moon today, the last super full moon of the year. And we are so blessed to be here together. Hmm. All right, Kelly, let's get right into it. We let's do it. We're going to ask our question. What makes your soul flow? Mm. Yes, my soul flows best when I am living in the present moment. Mm. And truthfully, that is not always easy for me. Um, I'm very much in my head often. And so one of the things I'm working on is dropping into my body more so that I can be in the present moment. Because the times when I'm able to get there, it just flows. I just, mm. everything is more beautiful and pronounced. And that's, that's what makes my soul flow. In addition to that, the only other thing I would say is when I'm able and feeling safe enough to be my authentic self, my soul has spent many lifetimes fearing its authenticity and holding it back for fear of persecution and death in some situations. And so I know in this lifetime, when I am able to be my full authentic self, my soul is just on fire and it loves it and it lights up and it flows with whatever's going on. Mm. So beautiful. I love that, Kelly. Um, oh my gosh, it's so hard to be our authentic self, right? So for you, how do you tap into it when you notice that fear of being your authentic self, one, how do you notice it? And two, how do you overcome it? Mm, such a great question. It's a practice. It's definitely a practice. And I, I didn't always allow it to come out. I would people please, I would hold back um, for fear of what other people would think, how other people might view me or judge me again, like the persecution, right? That, that I know my soul has gone through. And so it's taken a lot of reprogramming mm. of my mind to say that and recognize that I'm safe. I'm safe in this lifetime. And not that's not to say that everybody's going to receive me with open arms and appreciate what I offer. But I also accept that that's just not going to happen. There, there is always going to be somebody who doesn't vibe with me. Right. And I'm okay with that because that's okay. Right. They're their soul. And that they're on their path and and maybe our souls weren't meant to be together. But I also believe that 
the people who are closest to me, you ladies, for an example, our souls designed this meeting before we even came through. Mm. And there was a reason for that. And so if people are in my life, I try to remind myself that they're there for a reason, right? We, we've already had this talk. We've already had this dance and we've come to this agreement, not on a conscious level, of course, but I know that it happened in some realm somewhere. And so that gives me more courage to just be myself. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of practice. It's just, and, and at the same time, if I'm going from a 3D perspective, it's a little bit of telling myself, um, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, this is who I came here to be. And like it or don't like it, it's okay, right? I, I still see you and I still meet you with peace and love but we can go our separate ways. Mm. So it's really just a practice. Um, and in those moments too, right? Recognizing that, oh, I'm holding back and this doesn't feel good because when I notice now, the when I do hold back, I can feel it in my body. It, it will manifest as anxiety, this sort of swirl in my heart space or in my solar plexus. And I, I can feel my body getting tenser even, maybe almost like a protective mechanism. I don't know. And so that's when I just let the breath come and remind myself that this is okay. And maybe I also need to soften in that moment, right? Depending on what's happening. But it's really just recognition and practice. Mm -hmm. What kind of practices do you use, um, Kelly, to bring yourself back to the moment and um, just really, you know, center yourself back? Mm -hmm. It depends on what the situation is. But I've, I've learned more so to <laughs> when I recognize that I'm getting that way, I genuinely, I sometimes I just need space mm-hmm. and I need time. So I'll politely maybe excuse myself from the situation or the conversation and then step away. And then I breathe and I just sit with the, what happened for a bit. And I just kind of think about it and figure out the feeling mm-hmm. and work through it. And then try to, if I have to, right. If it's a, let's say a coworker or something, right revisit that person mm. but from a place of love um, that's one of my biggest challenges right now and my regular practices is as i'm trying my intention on the daily lately has been just to meet people with love and um you know love looks different for different people but um that's that's really what i'm leading from and then there's also times too though where i recognize again i'm thinking of co-workers right no one in particular, by the way, if anybody's listening to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just no, no, there's just there are some things in my life that are yes or no. Um, mm. And that's probably my sacral authority just telling me yes or no. And that's what I listen to. Yeah. Mm. But learning how to take the pause and not necessarily react all the time immediately, but take some time to process first has been very, very helpful. I think that's so important in today's, uh, in the environment that we live in mm. you know, nowadays, mm. everything's so fast and we expect things faster and faster and faster. And we forget sometimes that we can just, we can stop for a split second and breathe and s- think to ourselves, wait a second, how do I actually feel about this? Where do I feel this in my body? You know, do I really have to respond to this right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sacred pause. Mm, yes. Mm, Papa. Mm. 
What an involved way of being, Kelly. You know, this makes me really curious to know about your story growing up, like your past. What would you like our listeners to know about you, how you evolved into becoming this way now, today? Okay. Yeah, I love that. Great, Mm -hmm. great phrasing of that, Aisha. Wonderful job. Well, to be honest, um, probably the first 39 years of my life, um, I disassociated. I was not at all in touch with who I really am or what I really feel. Um, Mm -hmm. I was living a life that met other people's expectations of who I should be and what I should be. And then when I was 39, I fell in love Mm -hmm. with a woman. And I had, I had, I was already aware of the fact that I was attracted to women. That wasn't at all a question, but it was the, again, that soul connection, right? With this individual that just put my whole being online, like the the green light went and it was this immediate, just, whoa. And I remember coming home from that initial meeting with that person because she had been in my life previously as well in a different role Mm. and time had passed. And on a random, we ended up running into each other and it was immediate. My whole body started vibrating and, and like shaking. Mm. And I came home that night and um, thinking like, fuck, fuck, this this is, this is going to be a thing. Like I just knew it. it and and fuck because I was going on 15 years, 14 years of being married to a man who oh, I wow. had been with for 7 years prior to that. So it was, you know, I I, I just knew it was going to be it was going to change everything. It was going to change everything. And so that was the summer of uh 2016 and once that part of my soul came online, I I had a deep deep knowing, um, a sacral knowing that actually traveled to my solar plexus. That's how I knew because I felt wow. it in my gut. And I was like, I, I can't ignore this. I cannot ignore this anymore. I cannot keep living my life the way I've been living it because that's not how I'm supposed to live my life. And so it was the hardest decision I had to make because I had two young children. They were mm-hmm. 10 and six at the time. And this man that I had literally grown up with and the whole structure that we had created and we had going on was about to just explode. And um, I did take some time. I took a couple of months and really, you know, explored it, made sure, yep, this is it. This is, and it just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And um, yeah, that was really the beginning of like my personal transformation. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. What a powerful story, Kelly. Just goes to show that before new come in comes in, the old's got to go destroyed, right? That destruction yeah. that Kali does. We were talking about Kali earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And it was done. I think it was done as lovingly as possible. Mm. Um, it, it was a rough couple of months for sure. Not going to lie, I cried a lot, a lot over those months. Um, my body, even physically, I was I was so stressed and about the whole situation, I started developing eczema 
all over my body. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was rough, but at the same time, I knew I had to do it. I had to. Um, and it took a little bit of time in, in conversation, but I will say that he and I now have a very amicable relationship and we're able to effectively and productively co-parent our children. Um, and even my daughter will say, you know, I've asked her, like, what's something in your life that you thought was because if she gets like upset about something and really down, I say, but honey, not all change is bad. Like she she struggles mm-hmm. with change. I said, not all change is bad. Can you think of a, a change in your life that actually was for good? And she always says the divorce. Wow. So I know that 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 was that was the right step. And going on from that, you know, we can talk about it later if you want. But that personal transformation of me coming out and and being authentic, right? More authentic to who I was, um, quickly led to my spiritual awakening. Mm, that pivotal moment. That's yeah. the next question I was about to ask yeah. you. What mm-hmm. is that pivotal moment in your life that you would say changed the trajectory of your life? Um, well, it was coming out for sure. Mm. Um, and that woman that I... <laughs> that I first fell in love with, right? Who, who awakened that part of my soul. We ended up not staying together. Mm. Um, that was your purpose. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And I was able to express that to her after the fact. Um, and I thanked her for that. Mm. I said, you have no idea how grateful I am that you agreed to come here and do that for me and be that person for me. Mm. Um, because I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine still living that life that I was living um, only seven years ago, right? It's not even that long. It's only been seven years. Um, but yeah, I'm very, very grateful. And I've, I've expressed that to her. And that was 100% her purpose in my journey. Mm. Um, and then I met my current partner, who again, I know also entered my life for a very specific purpose, which was to help me on my spiritual journey and my Mm -hmm. spiritual evolution. That was, that's actually written in our astrology charts, she and I together, um, that that's part of her purpose in my life is to help me with that. And so with, with that safety, right, I finally, like with her, I felt completely accepted, never judged, never criticized, And so I had this newfound permission to just explore all of these possibilities, right? And it started with this one book Mm. um, called Paganism. Mm. It was uh, an earth-centered approach to spirituality or religion. I forget the exact title, but that's what started it for me because I grew up in a Catholic family, went to Catholic school from kindergarten through 12th grade. My father is a deacon in the Catholic Church still. He works as a chaplain in a prison here in uh, our state. So the Catholic indoctrination was fairly strong for me Mm -hmm. growing up, but I never really resonated with it. There were parts of it that I liked, that I enjoyed. Like Mother Mary, I still feel very connected to her. Um, My kids were baptized, in all honesty, because my parents wanted them to be baptized. However... In the process of that, I asked my dad to do sort of, because he baptized my kids. Um, I asked him to do sort of a special, I don't know what you would call it, maybe like an offering sort Mm. of, but just sort of dedicating my children to Mother Mary and asking Mm. her specifically to 
guide them and watch over them and protect them. Cause that was, that was the, the energy that I always felt most connected to in Catholicism, her and the Holy spirit. And I was always very much intrigued by Mary Magdalene as well. Interestingly. Um, so for me, my spiritual evolution was first letting go of some of the dogma that I had been receiving for so many years. Um, and that was just amazing. Like, it was like, oh, I love this. This is so cool. And, and learning about just paganism in general. And, and I remember looking at Fallon cause she was like, yeah, get the book, read it. And, and I'm reading it. And I remember looking at her at one point and just going, I'm a witch. <laughs> <laughs> right there (laughs) yeah i'm a yes totally um yeah and it was just like once i started reading that like then all the other books came you know what i mean everything else started coming up at the chakras the crystals the essential Mm -hmm. oils um everything going visiting salem um not too far from salem massachusetts yes oh so amazing i love salem uh, yeah, just all the learning, all the learning came in the astrology. Um, it, and it was just a lot of self learning, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that intuition just has been guided. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And then, you know, it culminated with DCI here. Like, this is where I'm at now and just taking it to a totally a new level, right? Keep evolving. That's right. That's right. It's just the evolution. Um, that I love. I love it. So it was... sounded like it was the like process as opposed to like mm-hmm. one defining moment. Um, yes. You know, which kind of it goes to show you that everyone's different. And there's no right or wrong um, way to come into that. Yes, yeah. completely. Like Aisha, you you talked uh, last week about your awakening and it just being this like moment of just, mm-hmm. whoa. And I love that. I'm so fascinated by that because for me, it really was. It was just sort of this evolution, right? Mm-hmm. In in a lot of ways, a natural evolution, because even growing up, I remember, you know, people would say, well, what's your religion? Or you'd have to fill it out on some form or whatever the case may be. And I always put down Catholic because that was my religion. Um, but then when I got to be a certain age, right after I made my confirmation, <laughs> I pulled the because my parents had always said to me, well, when you're conf- when you get confirmed, that means you're an adult in the eyes of the church. Right. Mm. So I did everything I was supposed to do like a good girl. And then I got confirmed. And after I got confirmed, I started pulling the card of, well, if I'm an adult in the eyes of the church <clears throat> and I don't want to go to church this Sunday, I suppose I don't have to, do I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and And really, like, my parents couldn't say anything. And I remember my dad kind of, you know, being a little disappointed, maybe, but just being like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and from that point on, if people would ask, I would say, well, I'm more spiritual. I always mm-hmm. used that word spiritual over religious mm-hmm. um, for oh. me. So, yeah, yeah, it definitely has been a gradual, gradual awakening. And for your at like as you awakened and as these shifts came about. What was the reaction of the people around you, especially the people that were closest mm. to you, your family and, you know, co-workers and things like that? How did that play out? You mean my spiritual awakening or the whole coming out thing? Both. Yeah, <laughs> because it was pretty gradual, right? So both. Yeah, I would say. Well, the, the coming out one is, is, is a very quick answer. Mm-hmm. Most of the people that I told 
um, or, or when they found out, no one was surprised. <laughs> Not at all. In fact, my youngest brother, I think, said to me, it's about damn time. <laughs> and I was like, what? Why didn't anybody ever say this to me? Like, I was the one in the dark, right? <laughs> um, which I wasn't, by the way. That's for another episode. But um, yeah, I thought that was hysterical. Now, my spiritual sort of coming out, if you will, was not and is not still received quite as openly. Mm. Um, mm. And that, again, goes back to some of those feelings of persecution, um, not being able to be my authentic self. Um, and so there are, there are definitely people in my life who were more open to it. I have a very uh, a friend best friend who is very curious and will mm -hmm. ask a lot of questions about what I'm doing and spirituality and things like that. Yeah. And kind of comes to begins me. with curiosity. Exactly. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and that's great, but there are most of my family really is just kind of like, you know, they let me do my thing, but there've been a couple moments where, like, I remember one Thanksgiving, we were at the table and my, we're, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about. And my dad said something like, you know, you don't really believe in this witch stuff, do you? <laughs> and I said, I, I don't even think I even said anything because truthfully, Fallon was sitting next to me and she said, yes, she does. And she <laughs> is. And I was just kind of like, and she <laughs> is. <laughs> Steph, you you laughed in a very interesting way. I'm curious what was going through your mind. Steph. Wait, wait what? <laughs> I said <laughs> I said okay. the way you laughed, I was curious to what went through your mind. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I was trying to figure out like what okay, so I was visualizing being at that table and just had that conversation. And when Fallon said, Oh, she is like I was visualizing faces and like, <laughs> especially the response from your dad, like how he looked and his facial expression and how awkward that conversation <laughs> probably ended up being and how you felt in that, Kelly. So I was like me being the visionary, right? I was just visualizing what, yeah, how that looked like. <laughs> yeah. It, it was actually it was not a conversation because she responded in that way. And that basically shut it down. Um, and truthfully, I think because in the past, you know, my family, they love me, but they've come in with their karmic baggage as much as anybody else. And I do. I have a an idea, but I'm not positive on what our karmic connections were in another life, because, again, I chose them for a reason. We were connected before. It's not unusual. But um, even growing up, like as a teenager, I would listen to, <laughs> I listened to the Indigo Girls and Melissa Etheridge quite a bit. If you're not familiar with them, they are iconic uh, lesbian musicians. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification, yeah. Kelly. No problem. And <laughs> even then, like they would bust my ass. You know what I mean? Like... And in some ways, that's their love language. They they poke fun and jest, and that's their way of showing love. But on some level, for me, 
it was it always felt like a judgment right like a persecution mm. so even my dad bringing that up at the thanksgiving table it i was it wasn't an unfamiliar feeling for me if that makes sense right i i was almost anticipating it because again me trying to live my authentic self and my authentic life i don't hide it i wear a pentagram necklace every day i started wearing it you know around my family um i have crystals and things like i i don't hide it so it was only a matter of time before one of them was going to bring it up and then it was going to maybe become a thing mm -hmm. um but my my uh my partner there just was right quick to defend me in a way that no one had done before and she still to this day anybody she will do it um and so it just kind of everybody was just like mm, mm, keep eating okay <laughs> the gravy you know we're changing the subject what but, an um, angel fallen you just won our yeah. hearts tonight oh she won mine that was yes it's, it. it's, oh. it's amazing and she still is just like i said to her the other day because this whole week and i don't know if it's been the full moon things have been glitching on me and mm. like happening and not happening and i'm like what is going on with me and i said you know what i think my soul is getting ready to level up again mm. i think that's exactly and she got she oh we're leveling up again all right yes <laughs> i love the up levels and i started laughing i was like yes i love you for that you mean like the day you went to the wrong school for a soccer game yes Fallon's <laughs> yes. like a number one fan <laughs> she is she really is us. wow well thank you so much for sharing with us your wounds kelly you know the witch wound is very real for the feminine and you know that is that is something that's happened in the history mm-hmm of the world where women were burned at the stake mm -hmm. or listening to intuition um mm -hmm. you know I, outside of just a woo-woo box right our box if you just women in power can threaten men sometimes and it's pretty unfortunate because we all have our own superpowers and it doesn't make sense to compare but no Thank you for sharing with us. And to close today's episode, I want to ask you, Kelly, to what would you say to a listener from your 39 years of experience in your shadow, in the dark, mm. where you kept your authentic self hidden? What would you tell to somebody who is in that same spot struggling to come out of the shadow and into their light? That is such a beautiful question, Aisha. Unequivocally, do it. Mm. Do it. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be painful at times. It's going to hurt in moments. But I promise you that the freedom and the liberation and the confidence that you will just embody and exude on the other side of those painful moments is so worth it. So worth it. And I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine going back. And, you know, I'm at the point where there's parts of my first 39 years that I don't even really remember anymore. Mm. Names that I, I can no longer recall because I don't need them anymore. Your right? soul was sleeping. They, they, right. They served their purpose and I move on. So I would say, believe in yourself, be courageous, ask for support if you need it from people who who understand 
and do it anyway. Mm. Such bold words, Kelly. I love it. Mm-hmm. Was beautiful. Just do it. Mm. That's it. Just do Just it. Do it. All right. We need Nike said it right. Matthew <laughs> would say that. Nike said it right. <laughs> Nike, if you're listening, we're open to all right all right guys before we end tonight's episode kelly where can our listeners reach out to you yes thank you right now um the best way to contact me is through instagram i'm at soulvolution underscore coaching so it's like your soul's evolution soulvolution Uh, Yes. So that's where um, if anybody's interested, reach out, DM me if you'd like. um, And eventually there'll be a website. But even then, the way to find that will be through Instagram. Amazing, Kelly. Thank you so much to our listeners for being here. We love you so much. Sending you so much love, light. And until next time, let your soul flow. Bye.